Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und die Spotzen macht das Tor. Und er ist drin. Buchmann, Buchmann, Buchmann macht das zweite Tor. Da ist das Tor. Der zählt das 2 zu 2. Drist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch, der setzt an zur Flanke, da kommt der Ball, Tor, 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 We welcome you to another episode of the Spiter Bundesliga podcast with me, Matthew Karagic. It is once again a pleasure to have your company. What is a gloomy day in my native place of Adelaide? Plenty to get through this week on the podcast. We have a look back at all the action from match day 32. We have a champion, FC Köln, and we'll talk about that later in the program. We'll also look ahead at match day 33. Still plenty to play for for those looking at the remaining promotion spot and the playoffs, as well as those trying to avoid the drop. Joining me on today's podcast is the lovely Eva. How are you doing? Very, very good. Thank you. And on the back of Bochum's 4-2 win, of course, it is the one and only Elliot. Elliot, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And of course, we are going to get this show on the road with Match Day 32. We're going to start in Bielefeld. They were one of the Friday night games and they hosted Paderborn. A game which on paper Paderborn would have been hands out to win, but one Mr. Fabian Close thought otherwise. His two goals, either side of half-time, giving Armenia all three points. It's his 16th goal of the season. For him, uh, Paderborn had their chances, but they were really wasteful in front of goal. And Eva, happy days, of course, for those who think that this game is a derby. Uh, certainly want to get one <laughs> over your neighbours. Yeah, it was uh, like the first 50 minutes. It was not really nice to watch for a Mina fan. I think uh, they were really playing with our nerves back in the defence. But... Um, You really had the feeling that Paderborn wasn't really into the game. They didn't really use their chances. They had many uh, in those first 15 to 20 minutes. And um, yeah, then I think it was Druga that didn't really get into the heading duel with Fogelsammer or the area duel after that long goalie kick by Ortega. And yeah, then Klose is probably one in one of his best years at the moment, in, especially in Zweite Liga. And I, I was really um, happy with the whole defense, especially with uh, Pieper, Pritel, and as well as Lukoki and Berner. I think they were more stable than they were in the last three or four games. So that was really, uh, I was really glad in the end. And I think it was a deserved win in the end as well. Yeah, they worked really hard as a unison and defensively, despite being exploited quite heavily in the second half, especially down the right-hand flank with the injury to Cedric Brunner. Uh, Tom Schultz having to play as a makeshift right-back. Klaus would have filled that position, but he too uh, ended the game on the bench with injury. Um, but for Paderborn, Elliot, a missed opportunity. Um, they could have really cemented a place in the top two, except they have to leave it to this week to almost secure that fate. Yeah, of course, the missed opportunity is the correct word. And if you look around for teams vying for those promotion places, 
they all seem to be stuttering at the final minute when it really matters. But yeah, I agree with a lot of what you've said. Um, Armenia deserved winners here, um, celebrating their birthday in style. There was a brilliant choreo before the game as well, which I'm sure you'd have been part of. Um, but yeah, again, Paderborn didn't really create any clear-cut chances, but surprisingly, you know, having won the previous three games, coming into the game, you'd have fully expected them to have kicked on and played with confidence. But Bielefeld, obviously, they dug their heels in and got the deserved local victory. So I'm sure Eva was very happy. I'm sure she was. <laughs> uh, our second. So th- this group, of course, contains the three teams that are vying for that second and third place in the standings. And that brings us to Union Berlin. They went to Darmstadt trying to break their hoodoo at the Ballon Tour, and that continued as they failed to win here. Two one defeats at the hand of Darmstadt, Yannick Stark and Matthias Vitek on the score sheet. Sebastian Anderson making it a little bit interesting before time, but it wasn't enough. It confirmed Darmstadt's status in the Spider Bundesliga for another season. And the Demetrius Gramotzis revolution of Delilian has been very impressive. Um, and Elliot, it, it's fair to say that from a point of view, he's come in, he's done the job that was required, got them to safety. Certainly some positives going forward for next season. Yeah, but the Demi revolution is the correct phraseology. It is incredible the job that he's done there, really, considering what a woeful side he took over. And we've seen them win away in Hamburg, beat Kern as well. For some reason, they just love playing against... I don't know, I think they might suit the underdog tactic a bit more, but credit where it's due, he's turned it around brilliantly. And now they're happily sat in 10th before potentially they were relegation candidates when he took over, so he's done a brilliant job there. But yeah, again, Union missing the opportunity to kick on and just, it, it seems like no team really wants to leave this league. Um, they're all failing when it really matters. Um, but yeah, it was last-ditch defending from Darmstadt. Fernandez made a brilliant save in the last minute. Uh, Union hit the post. They were throwing the kitchen sink at it. But yeah, it looked like it's going to go down to the wire here for those second and third spots. Yeah, and it makes the next two games in particular massive <laughs> in the context of the season. It, it, it was a case of their uh, poor away form for Union who just, I don't know what it is about Travelling away from the forest area, they just cannot get results. And either, uh they were they were largely lifeless in this game. And and uh, it, the goal, essentially, as much as it made things interesting towards the end, was more of a consolation, if anything. Yeah, and I think they pretty much start, started way too late to get their game going. So what we normally know, know from them, that they're really, yeah aggressive going forward and that they have plenty of chances they had them like in the last five minutes and that was way too late and not really concentrated it was more like okay we all try this like you could see that um when the goalkeeper already went up with every set piece from the 89th minute on um so yeah it was was not really nice to watch that kind of an Union side, especially compared when they won against SSV. So there's still hopes for them because two, uh, seven out of eight uh, lost this uh, weekend, which is really surprising. But yeah, they really have to take the remaining chances now. They do, as you mentioned, yeah, two to set, two to eight 
failed to win in the league. And if that doesn't get you excited about a league that is completely diverse, I don't know what will. Uh, that other team in the top four that lost was Hamburg, and the reception by the fans was understandably annoyed, uh, maybe pissed off. Uh, tons of whistles and boos, and deservedly so. Three goals to nil to the team that was 17th in the table in Ingolstadt. But they took their chances when they came to them. Uh, Dario Lescano opening the scoring with a lovely goal. Um, he took advantage of the mistake from Leo Lacroix. Uh, Thomas Pleidel took advantage of the Yosha Wagnerman mistake, but then he ran basically the length of the pitch to beat Julian Polosbeck and then Marcel Gauss's deflected shot hitting the back of the net. A massive win for Ingolstadt. Uh, they moved to 16th in the standings. They are close, but still lots to do for them before the end of the season, Eva. Massive win for them, and another step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And I think you could see from the beginning on that they were not going to back down. It was a really committed performance. And if you used your first chance and you you really converted, I think that was the main key to this game. Um, and although I think has fought like 70% possession in the first half, if you don't use it, it's... And yeah... English is incredible at the moment. I think they have won four in five games with uh, Thomas Oral, and that is really impressive. Um, and you, you, you had the feeling that English is much more aware of their situation than has Fowers, and then you have to give credit, a lot of credit to that team. Yeah, H- Hamburg almost remind me of uh, someone who has left the. Um the autopilot on and has decided to walk away and make themselves a sandwich. Uh, they, they look completely just going through the motions. They look lethargic. I thought they were, they were very ordinary uh, for long periods of the game. Deserved losers in my opinion. And, 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 the, and the fans must be thinking this can't be happening. This can't be, it's unfathomable. And Elliot, I think we all agree. We didn't believe it, but if, Almost the scenario coming up for them is if they lose, it's almost it's almost all over. Yeah, and again, it is complete autopilot, and I've honestly no idea the self capitulation that Hamburg have put on themselves. They've failed to win in their last five, lost two on the bounce. Um, I mean, you've. I mean, potentially Hannes Wolf is lucky to still be in a job with a club of such a stature to not comfortably get promoted. One, it speaks volume of the quality of the league, but two, I just think it's such a gross underachievement. And yeah, I mean, Ingolstadt, therefore, again, it's incredible what's gone in there, but you'd have thought that they're the team who are up there, second, third, chasing promotion. They weren't, they played with confidence, they were incredible. Yeah. Hamburg, 60% possession, they dominated, but it's such a pointless statistic if you do nothing with the ball. Ingolstadt took their chances. And then, as you mentioned, for the, um, I think it was the second goal, it was an awful touch from um, Wagnermann. And then Pendle ran the length of the pitch, scored from a colossal error. It's just basic things like this, which inevitably may result in Hamburg staying in the division. Potentially, Hannes Wolf losing his job, I think. 
even if they were to go up, I'm not sure he would be their man going forward. But yeah, very, very dark times ahead for Hamburg, I'd say. It's, they're going to have a massive overhaul in the summer, as it looks to be. Yeah, I, I'm expecting yard sale kind of players leaving. I mean, <clears throat> my, my, I was speaking to my dad about this on Sunday. He's not, he's not a massive football fan. And Johnny, who, of course, the OG of this podcast, he was in agreement that they could become the new Kaiserslautern if things don't turn around. That is the kind of scenario they're in. Hannes Wolf won't last at the end of the season. He's, he can't keep him, but they're not in a situation where they can bring someone else in uh, for the final two games to make them a better team. So I think they're in... Yeah, it would make no sense for no, the final two games. Not at but all. He is, he is on borrowed time, definitely. It, it makes you question, in particular, the uh, if they pulled the trigger just a bit too soon on Christian Teets. We'll go to our group two games in just a moment. So we'll start with Greutherford when they hosted Kölner. Yes, and we saw our group two games in Fert. They hosted Köln, and as if it wasn't déjà vu. Another 4-0 win for FC. It guarantees promotion. It guarantees the league title. Congratulations to them. Jean Cordoba with a hat-trick and the other goal coming from an own goal from Daniel Steininger. Massive result for them. The only blip in the entirety of the game, which they dominated from start to finish, was the fact that they had to change their kits prior to kickoff because of a clash between Sasha Burkert's kit and the kit that Köln were going to wear. That's it. That's literally all there was to it. Um, Elliot, back to, <laughs> back to winning ways for Köln. Um, and I think it might be one of the weirdest situations where Andre Pavlik comes in. One game, one promotion, one title. Yeah, no. I mean, I hope that in his statistics, Marcus Anfang can have that trophy as, as his. Um, but yeah, I mean... Largely uneventful game. Uh, so they failed to register a shot on target, which says a lot about it, really. Um, utter domination from FC, and yeah, they've gone to prove why they are deserved champions. Uh, I mean, with their squad, I think that was minimum expectation, and they've done well to get out of the league. And yeah, it's nice that Johnny can now move up to the Bundesliga and have Farfel Borchum as his strike to team. There's no more conflicting interests. But yeah, congrats to Kern, deserved champions. They were, they were parting into the wee hours of the morning, even uh, as I was sent from Eva, that they were singing Delillion, uh, thanking the Darmstadt court for winning against Union. Ironic being that Darmstadt beat them only a few weeks ago, so uh, just one for the uh, the ages. Um, but um, more importantly, for a third point of view, Eva, it means it's another nervous week to 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 secure their safety. Um, they were totally outclassed. It was three total shots on goal for the entirety of the match. Uh, they really didn't show much of of a, of a yelp and uh, back to the not really back to the drawing board, but more or less knowing that they really need to be a lot better than uh, than they were last night. Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of like. For Lytle took over, what we always talked about, this, okay, no ideas going forward. Um, yeah, not like the, the current defense wasn't endangered in any kind, I, I'd say, like, except that one 
one shot on target after 33 minutes or so, but that was basically it. Um, I think they were a bit, Fürde was a bit unlucky that they had to play this coincide now again and not that coincide that they were past three to four weeks. Um, yeah, but if we're honest, nobody really expected Fürde to win this. Um, they're going to be last two. They're a bit easier for them. And it's no disgrace to lose to Köln. You have to say that. Um, and I think Burchard in the end did his job really well after the four goals, after he already conceded four goals, but he had some good moments after that. And yeah, it's it was not really a huge surprise, I'd say. But also congrats to Köln. They really deserved a champion because, yeah, we, we talked about it. We will talk about it later, but the rest is not really wanting to get promoted. But, yeah. Just quickly, um, who's expected to take over at Kern? It's a great question. No one seems to... It, it's kind of under wraps, I would, I would, I would assume. Uh, I'd be surprised if Pavlat takes over as manager, even though he's done quite a good job with the Svi team. Um, there's been rumours about... David Wagner, who's been seamlessly rumoured everywhere, it would seem in Germany. Um, yeah. No, no one knows. I mean, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, I may have thrown Christian Tietz's name in the ring. He'd be quite an interesting appointment, as his football, even with Haasval, was quite solid in the Bundesliga itself, and it did actually stood up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know who they're going to go for. Um, it will be interesting to see uh, what would be quite funny if Bruno Labbadia was the manager of Turin, but uh, <laughs> no, we, we don't we don't wish that. Well, he's got Wolfsburg to, to nearly Europe, so I mean, you know, just give him a little bit of credit. Um, we'll move on <laughs> then. <laughs> we'll, as long as he's not at my club, then that's okay. Um, we'll move on to our uh, our next Group Two game, which was in Dresden. They hosted St. Pauli. And job done for them. They've secured their place in the Spider Bundesliga for another season. Patrick Ebert scoring from the penalty spot. Dimitrios Diamantakos making it interesting at 1-1. And a brilliant goal by Dennis Burnich, the on-loan midfielder from Borussia Dortmund, to give Dresden all three points and safety. Uh, it was a good goal, Eva. Great interplay between Burnich and Kone. Uh, a crucial goal for them. And it's it's good in terms of atmospheric. They're, they're a team that brings plenty of good, you know, they're very, it's a very good atmosphere to have uh, in the league. And, and uh, job done for them and job done for Christian File. Yeah, although I have to say that um, penalty that Dresden got is really arguable. It's... Um, oh, that's that's humble. Nah. Okay, but like you can see that actually the ball is touching Callas back. Like you have the evidence there. But I think it's I'm done talking about handball. I just saw a statistics that we have 30 handballs in Bundesliga this season with before an average of 11.7 goals per season. And we're already at 30 and the season isn't over yet. So I'm quite tired of talking about that. But yeah, um, I think Dresden after St. Pauli leveled and they took back the lead, 
this time they were really concentrating on defending and St. Pauli couldn't find their way back. And um, yeah, it's it's good to have a Dresden um, yeah, side in, in the Zweite Bundesliga. I really like it. Although I have just quickly have to say that, um, again, there were really arguable banners towards the St. Pauli fans, which Dresden and the DFL definitely have to do something about it because that kind of sexism is shouldn't be tolerated uh, in any kind of way. They should do, they should do something about it, but as we've probably seen over time, they will choose not to do anything, which is a shame. Um, yeah, we, we've seen it over the past few weeks. Uh, so some of the banners of choice, know in particular in the Riviera Derby, there were some very questionable uh, banners in the stands. It seems to be creeping into German football, which well, it's not really creeping; it's always been there essentially. But it, it's a shame that those co- kinds of things are taking away the real thing, which is the football in general. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll, we'll jump straight back into that with Saint Pauli, um, Elliot, for them. You know, they're obviously in no danger of going up, no danger of going down. Uh, Yoslu Kite, four games in, they've lost three games. Uh, they've only won once. Not particularly great again. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's trying to, to impress them for next season, he's not doing particularly well. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and, yeah, I mean... You do, you do really have to think, was it the right decision to get rid of Kalsniski? Lukai, he just, just fails to really energise this, this, this team. And obviously, we'll be making a trip up to Hamburg this weekend with Bochum, and there's no better time to play them, really. The abject of confidence, they're just not playing with... It doesn't seem like they're playing for the manager. And not that I'd have expected it, but again, his future could be questioned in the summer, which will completely potentially derail their plans for next year too. So, interesting situation at Zent Pauli. Um, but yeah, credit to Dresden. They played well and they deserved the victory. Um, and yes, you've got time. Definitely watch their third goal. Um, brilliant finish, but a very good one-touch play before that. Um, and yeah, good to see them in the division next year. Um, but no, don't know what St. Pauli need. No, I think I think many would question uh, Lou Kai's arrival, let alone uh, his, his his current state. Uh, we'll move on from there and we'll stay in the north of Germany. Holstein Kiel hosted MSV Duisburg. This could have been a potential deja vu game for Torsten Lieberknecht, but it wasn't to be his side coming up trumps. Two goals in the second half from Joseph Gier and Tim Albertat, giving Duisburg life. They survive for another week. Uh, they are still four points from Ingolstadt, but anything can happen. And as this league has showcased, anything will happen. So I guess we will start with Duisburg, Elliot. Um, we've been off them for a, a bit of a long time, it has to be said. Still a tough ask. They can still go down at the end of the match day. Um, but they're still keeping themselves just afloat for now. Yeah, and you've sort of got to feel quite sorry for Duisburg now. Brilliant result away in Kiel, and just imagine them getting back to Jess Groom and finding the Ingolstadt score in, in, in Hamburg. I'm sure that'll be very demoralising. But 
yet a very well-deserved win. They were the more organized side defensively. They were very solid and yeah, took their chances when it mattered. But again, with Holstein Kiel now, that's three defeats on the bounce. I'm sure in the future, Tim Valters are going to demand a response. But yeah, potentially too too little, too late. Obviously, absolutely no catching Zandhausen now. They're safe. They're fine. Um I, I, I can't see the bottom of the table changing from how it is at the moment, really, which potentially a shame because credit where it's due, all these teams have picked up form and put up a very valiant fight, but I think it's too little too late for Duisburg. Yeah, it's hard to agree with that. Disagree with that. They've they made small incremental gains where teams like English that have taken giant steps in the road to to survive. Or I guess we, we might have a comment here either on, on Kiel, who having a little uh, end-of-season slide, really got nothing to play for, essentially, and and they're kind of almost pretty pretty ready to get the deck chairs, hit Ibiza, and uh, enjoy the summer break, it would seem. Yeah, a bit, I think. Um, this book gave a lot of space, a lot of room for, for Kiel uh, in the first half, and Kiel didn't use... User and um, yeah, in the second half, Duisburg did exactly the thing, used the resulting scope that Kiel gave them uh, to them, and really poor in in total. Um, yeah, they uh, lost all their chances to reach the promotion playoff spot. Yeah, we we figured that, and it seems that uh, like Heidenheim as well. We've come to that in a minute. Um, they're just done with this season. Um, just let it end. And yeah, it's as but I would agree. I think it's coming a bit too late for Duisburg. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's it's going to be tough for them. They need a lot of help, and I'm not entirely sure they are going to get it. Our group three games are just around the corner. We're going to start in Bochum when they hosted Magdeburg. Bandowski. Weiland. Weiland. Knallt das Ding unter die Latte. Yes, and we start in Bochum in their quest, I guess, to end the season the right way. They hosted a Magdeburg side that were in desperate need of taking three points. And it was the hosts who took full advantage. Four goals to two for them. Uh, what scoring for the second consecutive match. Dominic Baumgartner hitting the score sheet. Nice to see him hit the score sheet. He's had a rough start to life in Bochum as a centre-half, centre but happy to see him score. Tommy Violin put on an absolute clinic in the second half. His two goals, well worth the replay value, well worth watching, and certainly ones that, if you can find them, Repeat them over and over again. They were brilliant. Uh, Marius Bulter and Christian Beck were the goal scorers for Magdeburg. Uh, mathematically, Bochum were safe, even though we're pretty confident they've been safe for quite a while. For Magdeburg, it's looking really tough. You can't can imagine that another defeat won't do very well. Um, Elliot, uh, the 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 uh, the Stadion was rocking, uh, but Tommy Violand, who's shown plenty of good performances this, this season, his uh, his second half was one to behold. Yeah, Tom Vyland, what a player, what a performance. Uh, yep, yeah, it was brilliant. He made his comeback. He'd been out for five weeks. Substitute, 
substituted on. He was only on the pitch for two minutes before he scores. And uh, I mean, if you, if you have time, just go and watch his goal. Incredible through ball from Lazila. Touch just the cutest of dinks over the goalkeeper. It was beautiful, beautiful to watch. Um, and then, yeah, after that, 20 minutes later, he scored another brilliant one, which rocketed mm. off the crossbar and post in. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 an odd one with Bochum. Um, taking 10 points out of possible 12 at Christopher Sasser. Very, really good form at home. But yeah, just for some reason, can't seem to replicate that on the road. But it was an entertaining game and it was quite nice to see a good, entertaining performance for the home faithful who, yeah, their, their support has been brilliant all season. And at times, they've potentially deserved better from a side which is largely sorry, underachieved this year. Um, but yeah, again, Magdeburg is looking looking like too little too late for them. Um, I, I, I can't see them getting out of their predicament, but good to see, hopefully, with two games left, Thalassel um, finishing the season on a high and giving hope for next year. Well, that's the thing. It's all about finishing the right way. We, we can't forget at times they've had an unbelievably crippling uh, injury sort of uh, crisis, I guess you would call it. But uh, as, as many will tell you, that's, you can't really use that as an excuse. It's more of an X-man-up kind of thing. And and the home form's been decent, as you, as you mentioned. Good performance for them, but even They've had a thing, though. There you go. Sorry. No, you're right. You're the right. six injuries. They've, yeah, they've, they, they've, they've worked quite well because it's meant Robin Dutch giving uh, youngsters opportunities. I think given about seven or so debuts to players from our um, under-19s this season. And they've performed well, so as the continuity of the club goes, that has worked in a positive in effect, whereas some of these more senior injured players are out of contract at the end of the year. So maybe a blessing in disguise, who knows, but that's the point. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, Eva, I guess for Magdeburg, we'll just lightly touch on it. They've Ended the season. They're ending the season the completely wrong way. They are going backwards. I think one win in the last like six or seven. It's probably too little too late, as Elliot mentioned. Um, what can we see for them in the final two games, knowing that a loss probably ends it for them? Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough because they're playing your next. If I'm right, yep. uh, which is going to it's such an important game for both sides uh, and Jorn was one of their last chances to yeah, get promoted or settle all those things Magdeburg with the same situation but just with the relegation um, avoiding to be dropped which is as Elliot said I think pretty much um, unavoidable you could say uh, it's been a roller coaster for them this this season without winning against Salzburg, but then it more or less just went down. Um, it's sad to see them leave. I think uh, I think they were um, yeah were were a good opponent throughout the season, and I wish them all the best for the last two games. Yep, a team that won't be in such a predicament it was Erzgebirger Auer. Uh, a win for them, which it was three goals to one at Jan Regensburg, means that they will also be playing in the Svarta Bundesliga next season. Pascal Testrot getting on the score sheet on fifty sec on 52 minutes. Sargas Adamian equalised shortly after, but the red card to Jan George really changed the matter of affairs. Dmitry Nazarov came on 
after our one a penalty uh, for Emmanuel Yoy. He was immediately chucked on. His first touch of the ball ended in the back of the net. And in stoppage time, ex-Armenia player Philip Riza. Yep, yep, I'm going to bring that in. He finished it off as much as his shot was par- parried quite viciously by uh, Andre Weiss. Um, win for them. Uh, big win for Daniel Meyer. Uh, Eva, our are uh, in the league once again. And I remember someone said that our were going to win on the weekend, and they did. <laughs> yeah, props to you. Uh, yeah, no, um, I think they, they've shown a decent performance. Uh, yeah, and couldn't use our turnovers and all that. And uh, very, very compact defense by by the Zaxxon side. Um, and yeah, as you said, the red card was definitely good for them. Um, and then I just had to love with that last Riese goal. It's a typical Riese. Like, there was still a chance he's going to miss <laughs> nearly empty goal. So that was fun. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see our finding their way back um, after the last couple of weeks. So um, maybe I finally the chance to actually go to the uh, to the Erzgebirge next season. Yeah, actually, the scenes that the uh, the third goal, which Riza scored, I believe the club president was also celebrating in that scrum of players, and that's the exact emotion you love to see from a club that once again dodged the drop. The last of our match day thirty two games was in Heidenheim. They hosted Sandhausen, and despite Heidenheim's stronghold in this fixture, it was Sandhausen who took an impressive three two win, and it gets them one step closer to safety. Goals for Tomala and Meinka. For Heidenheim, uh, Andrew Vorten with another brace. Uh, Lert Pakarada with a goal. Um, we can't help but not talk about Andrew Vorten, uh, Elliot. 17 goals this season for the team that currently sits in 15th place. An incredible achievement, achievement and he's had an unbelievably good rook runder. Get him called up to the US national team. Um, yeah, what a, what a second half of the season. Prior to the game, I think he'd scored seven in his last seven. That's now nine and eight. He's, I mean, he's just got a question whether Sandhausen can keep hold of next year because he is that team. He's such a figurehead, leading by example. Um, what, what, first, first of his goals came via the spot. Of course, he scored now. Um, but yeah, again, Sandhausen are showing... <laughs> If you look at their form, you know, they're showing potential um, promotion form here. They're absolutely on, on fire. Um, yeah, you rightly so, saying Duisburg have taken small incremental steps, but I've no idea what they're having for breakfast or what is going on. But Sandhausen are absolutely flying at the moment. And who knows if they can kick on next year and have this similar form or play with the same belief and confidence, then. They shouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone where they are. Whether that will happen or not, who knows? But yeah, Hyde and Hines promotion hopes over Sandhausen safe in the league. Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe they're still third in the Rookrunder table behind Köln and Paderborn. And in fact, for Sandhausen, it was their. It, it was the, very impressive. It was their first win in Heidenheim in thirteen years. Their first win over Heidenheim in ten. So. Great hoodoo for them. It was a derby, essentially, in the, in the region of Baden-Württemberg. 
good win for them, and it puts them one step closer to safety. That is the review for match day 32. We're going to take a quick break. Match day 33 just around the corner, and we're going to start with the big one, Paderborn and Hamburg. Yes, and we welcome you back from the short intermission, and it brings you to the preview part of the program, Match Day 33. This is the second to last match day of the Swider Bundesliga season. What has been a massive season as to this point, and of course, like many things, everything has to come to an end. And that could be the case for Haasfeld if they do not get a win in Paderborn and Union beat Magdeburg. That would guarantee their status as a Schweizer Bundesliga club for next season. This is the third meeting between the two sides this season. They've met in Hamburg. It was a 1-0 win for them. They also met in Paderborn in the DFB Pokal, which was also won by Hamburg. Two goals to nil. All told, seven meetings in history. Hamburg have won three, the last three of those meetings. Massive, massive game, Eva. It's a winner's take all kind of scenario. Who do you see taking the points here? I actually have to say, I go with Paderborn um, because I'm quite sure they're not going to let this um, for their side derby lose, derby defeat. Don't care what you call it. Um, let them sit on their themselves, um, and especially with their fans um, in their back. I think they want to want to show a reaction, and I'm quite sure they're going to show one because no, nah, I don't see Hasfal win this. Um, I think especially because they already won once uh, at the beautiful stadium, which is the Bentele Arena. Um, this uh, in the cup, as you said, and I'm quite sure Paderborn will find a way to prevent that a second time. The response is key. I think Armenia may have done them a favour in uh, jing them up for this game, knowing that their recent record against Haasfeld isn't particularly great. They haven't actually scored in the two fixtures they've played this season in the cup and in the league. Um, I like Paderborn in this one as well, believe it or not. Despite the defeat, they're a team that can be can reorganise, they can readjust. Um, sure, Baumgart will mix it up in the final third in, in, in his selections. Um, yeah, I just like them. I think Hamburg are in disarray. Uh, they look like a club that, as we mentioned in the, in, the, in the review, is on autopilot and they're cruising to nowhere in particular uh, and completely missing the objective. Um, not sure how you see it, Elliot. Do you agree with, with a Paderborn win or do you think Haasfeld can overturn uh, what has been a horrendous last couple of months? I mean, if we're going to be analytical, use our minds and go what we'd expect, you'd go for Paderborn, but that's just not how this City League works at all. Um, so I'm going to back Hamburg, to be honest here. They've won here twice before this year, recently in April in the DFB Pokal. I think that one's going to have inspired them. They've got an experienced squad, three straight defeats. Oh, sorry, if Hamburg lose, then that's three straight defeats. I, I, I really think that they're going to be up for this game. Um, also, I, I've got vested interest um, due to TV rights, etc. We could really do with Hamburg getting promoted. So, yeah, I'd back them to get... I don't know. It's, it, this is going to be the game to watch, but I really can see them kicking on and their fans are going to demand a reaction. There's such great expectations at such a historic and proud club. Um, 
even though their form is absolutely woeful, I can just see them pulling it out of the bag. Yeah, I can also see them not pulling it out of the bag and the uh, the jeers and how nasty that could turn. But that is one for the future, of course. We will find out in a few days' time. Union Berlin is the other team with invested interest in this race for promotion. They host Magdeburg, who also have their survival hopes essentially on the line. When they met last time out, it was a one-all draw in Magdeburg. This is the 36th meeting between the two sides. But of course, it hasn't been recently that these fixtures took place. You have to go all the way back to the East German days back in the 70s, 80s and 90s. And even the early 2000s when they were playing in the lower leagues. Uh, so to have a look at their recent history, uh, Magdeburg have won three of the last five meetings. The other two have ended in draws. And Union Berlin's last win in this fixture came in May of 2000. So it has been a long time between drinks since Union tasted victory against Magdeburg. Home comfort has been their order of the season. They've had a really good record at home. Elliot, do you expect them to not only compound Magdeburg's relegation misery, but help their chances of going up? Uh, yep, definitely. Hitler and had their at form, sorry, at home, their, their form is incredible. Um, very surprising to hear that if they win, it's going to be nearly 19 years since the last victory in this fixture. But yep, Union, I mean, ha- having seen them at the Rush Garden the weekend, Magdeburg really didn't play very well. Defensively, woeful at the back. Um, I, yep, I can't see further than Union Berlin here. And then that all set up. A very exciting finale um, next week or so when they visit Bochum for the decider for that third spot. But, yep, a home win here for me. Yeah, it's hard to go past the host. You know, they were they were very um, substandard um, in Darmstadt. They did let their, their standard drop a bit. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's so hard to, 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 to see Magdeburg getting anything out of this game. They just... They're defensively so ordinary. Um, you almost feel sorry for them in, in the way that they, they do have a fighting spirit. They've they've even when they were down in the game against Bochum, they still look to score. Um, but yeah, it, it's really hard. Um, I'm not sure how you see Eva. Do you agree that Union will uh, will strengthen their candidacy for promotion? Yeah, I would definitely agree. So um, it's. It's as you said. It's really hard to to look past the union in this fixture. Uh, also, it's actually exactly that week and 19 years ago on that day that they could break the spell, um, and which date wouldn't be better for that. Um, yeah. So and uh, as Elliot said, very poor defense or defending in general by Magdeburg, uh, not only in this game but also before. So yeah, it. Uh, it, I'd, I'd go with Union as well. Yeah, that is three across the board. The last of our Group 1 games brings us to Köln. They host Jan Regensborg. This is only the fourth meeting between the two sides and in the previous three. Köln have been winners in all three. They've in fact scored two or more goals on all occasions and there's never been a clean sheet kept by either side in this fixture. So, Eva, I guess I'll start with you. Um, a game that really has nothing in terms of significance. Köln have won the league. They're going up. More of a celebration for the fans uh, as it's their last home game of the season. 
Yeah, and I think um, Cone would be, yeah, they should really give their fans something back because um, the relationship between the fans and the team or the club in general was was not really good this season. I think nobody can argue with that. Um, so I think Cone would definitely see that they will continue their good form. They showed yesterday, um, but also I think Greensburg wants to to give their their fans to travel all the way to Cone the same experience and so I think it's it can be a really really interesting game still because both want to to end the season on on a good level um but I say I go with a draw actually because I think Cone will be a bit stuck in their uh festivities <laughs> well hopefully not too many cultures before the uh the game one would assume um Elliot, uh, for Jan, of course, been a bit up and down, but we have noticed throughout the season their waveform has been quite impressive. They've taken results against teams that they might not have done. Of course, they beat Hamburg 5-0, but that was well and truly early on in the season. Do you think they could steal something away from Köln? Do you agree that maybe Köln's focus is in celebration rather than uh, the focus on the pitch? Uh, not really new, just because the interim manager's not going to take anything for granted, really. Um, he's still potentially doing his applications for the job through his performances and wants to put in the best possible performance. There's going to be massive, you know, sense of jubilation, huge festival in Kern. So I really can't see them um, not getting all three points here. They were ruthless against Goethe first, um, arguably back to their best. So... The promotion party is going to be in full swing, and I can't see Jan spoiling that. Yeah, that's it's really hard to see Köln not winning this game. Not saying that Jan won't put up a good show, but you know they, you know, in many ways, the players will know that they they still owe the fans one good home performance. We'll take a quick break. We'll go to our Group Two games in just a moment. We're going to start with Ingolstadt when they host Darmstadt. Yes, and we start the Group 2 games in Ingolstadt. They host Darmstadt. The, only the 12th meeting between the two sides, and when they met last time out, it was one goal apiece. Of course, Ingolstadt are on the back of a massive intern of points. Under Thomas Oral, they've only dropped two points since he has taken the reins. Of course, he's their fourth manager of the season. It's been a while since um, Darmstadt actually have won this fixture. Well, back to 2015, you'll have to go... That was 2-0, and that was back in the Bundesliga. But it's their one and only win in this fixture. So, Elliot, history suggests that it's good news for, for Ingolstadt. Uh, can they continue their excellent form and, and end the season, at the very least, in the relegation playoff spot? Uh, they will end in the relegation playoff, yes. Although, again, two quite evenly matched teams at the moment, both playing really well. Um quite a similar story unlike FC St. Pauli they've changed managers and it's had a brilliant effect for both sides um, yeah again Darmstadt they're hard to beat at the moment so I wouldn't be surprised if it's ended in a draw um, but yeah it's an odd one for Ingolstadt I can't see them catching Zandhausen they're probably going to be safe from being caught I think by Magdeburg and Duisburg so a point here wouldn't be the worst result in the world because I can see them winning on the final match day. But no, I don't know how, how you see this one. No, I see a draw written all over it as well, actually. Um, I do agree with you. 
um, Darmstadt have improved, as we've probably spoken at nauseam about their improvement under Gramotzis, but it's hard not to to note because they have played better. They're playing much better football. A side that was grossly underachieving under Dirk Schuster. Um, I guess for Ingolstadt, they, unlike Darmstadt, had a couple of mulligans with managers. Uh, you know, hit the reset button, and finally, someone, an older face, an old face of the club, uh, coming in to bring them the spark there, the, uh, to help them uh, get to a position where they could not only avoid direct relegation, but to put them in a situation where maybe they'll have two legs to fight it out, which will look like most likely be against Van Wiesbaden. Um, Eva, do you, do you see draw? Do you see win for someone? How do you see it going? Yeah, I would definitely agree with you too. I think as is, uh, it's draw written all over it. It's um, I think it's really hard to, although English won two as far, but <laughs> arguable Darmstadt is kind of a better side at the moment than Haasfau is, which sounds weird, but it is that way. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go with the draw as well. There we have it. Saying it out loud, it sounds weird, but it's actually pretty true at the moment. Uh, our next Group 2 <laughs> game is in Duisburg. They host Heidenheim. Only the eighth meeting between the two sides uh, when they met last time out. Heidenheim resounding 4-1 winners. The equation is simple for Duisburg. They must win and hope that Ingolstadt do not win to keep their very, 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 very slim hopes of survival. Is either is this the game that breaks the zebras back? Yeah, I think so. I think Heidenheim um, will do their best not to lose uh, the second time in a row to someone that is kind of in this dropping area. Um, I think they, for themselves, they pretty much want to improve. Um, and I think it will happen as well. Um, I don't... I. It's really hard to look past Heidenheim in this game. I think um, Duisburg showed some some good performances, but I do not think that they were or that they're able to take on a second kind of game they they did against Kiel. Uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> this is probably the one um, which we've probably said for the last few weeks that this was going to be the one that they go down. Um, will it be Heidenheim? Uh, they've won four of the previous seven meetings between the two sides, and on three of those occasions, Duisburg have failed to score. Um, you, you can just imagine that Heidenheim are going to come with a bit of a fight back after the result last week. Um, not sure how you see it, Elliot. Do you see Heidenheim responding after giving up that 2-1 lead at, San, at home to Sandhausen? Uh, yes. Uh, in short, I can see... Frank Schmidt demanding um, a response, and I think they'll get that. Unfortunately for Amasfau, I really can't see them kicking on from their impressive victory this weekend. Um, yeah, as simple as that, really. I really don't back them at home. Yeah. Speaking of Sandhausen, they are the last of our Group 2 games. They host Armenia Bielefeld. This is the 14th meeting between the two sides, and Armenia have quite a good record over their the hosts this for this coming match day, winners of six of the previous 13, with the last win coming on in 2017 for Sandhausen. Of course, Sandhausen, a win would all but guarantee their survival. Um, and they've been notorious, well, last week they broke uh, a drought 
so to speak. Um, will they break another drought either, or will it be your boys getting up? Well, it's really hard to see this coming on the one hand. Um, I can see Sandhausen winning. On the other hand, I don't want my record to be broken, which is that Armenia never lost around my birthday weekend for 13 years straight. Um, and also, fun fact, it was on that Sunday exactly one year ago, it was also Bielefeld against Sandhausen, and it ended in a little draw. So, yeah, it's it's not going to be a pretty game, I assume. You have uh, Andrew Wooten on the one hand, Fabian Close on the one hand, on the other hand, who both show um, amazing... Uh, yeah, amazing, like good striker, very good striker on both sides uh, at the moment. So it's probably decided um, up front who's going to win, which is a very stupid answer. But yeah, I think both uh, defense have found their stable ways. It, it will be an interesting game. I think you could almost chuck uh, Vogel Sammer in the mix. He's actually the top scorer in this fixture with five goals and the next best around him uh, with two. Um, Elliot, of course, probably more to play for for Sandhausen. They'll be eager to, to give their fans the knowledge and almost the comfort of safety. Will they do it? Um, potentially, yeah. Armenia have little to play for and apparently according to Eva I always curse Armenia when I'm on this podcast so uh, whenever I pre predict Armenia to win they lose so I'm going to go for a Sandhausen victory here and hope that it doesn't spoil your birthday weekend that, that's quite funny because uh, Eva last week picked Paderborn to win in the hope that Armenia win and they did just that. No, actually, I'm I'm not really saying they're going to win because every time I say that they win, so as it's going to be a draw, that worked out great. <laughs> it's <laughs> sitting on the fence is sometimes the easiest way to go about things. Three more three more games to preview, and we'll do that in just a moment. We're off to St. Pauli when they host Bochum. Yes, and our Group 3 games begin in St. Pauli. They host Borkham. Uh, when the two sides met at the Ruhr Stadion, it was a 3-1 win for St. Pauli. This is the 33rd meeting between the two sides. Uh, but not a fixture in particular of recent memory that has been very kind to the team from the Ruhr. Winless in their previous nine, and you have to go all the way back to more than five years ago when they won at the Milan Tour. A goal to nil. Elliot, of course, recent history doesn't favour Valfell. So will this be the game that it changes the tide? Hey, records are made to be broken. So yes. <laughs> um, so that was really cheesy. Um, yeah, <laughs> home form has drastically improved. Yet away from home, we've been woeful, um, especially an hour came back and then threw it away through a stupid penalty in the last minute. But um, no, if there's ever going to be a time to play St. Pauli, it's now Lukai's had little effect in taking over there. Bochum are starting to look like a football team again. Um, got some decent results, playing okay. I'm going to be making the trip up to Hamburg as well, so I am fully expecting a away victory here. Well, there you have it. Um, Eva, do you 
share the same optimism to for Bochum to get a result, or do you see the result being a bit different? Well, uh, I would actually go that way that I'm not picking a winner here because uh, Shaw was probably wasn't at its best at the moment, um, but at the same time, um, there it's their last home game, uh, and we know how the Milan tour can be, uh, and I think that can be the last thing that could, um, yeah, prevent Bochum from getting all three points here. So I'd say, but they will travel home with one point at least. Yeah, I'm also going to share the same sort of uh, rapport and pick a draw um, for this one. Two teams who have very little to play for. I know St. Pauli want to give their fans one last hurrah before they make the road trip for the final match day. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really see either team uh, really gaining a stranglehold on the match itself. The second of our Group 3 games is an hour. They host Croy Furt. When the two sides met last time out, it was a 5-0 win for Erzgeberger Hour. One of the rare times you ever see our score five goals, but it was something to behold. 26th meeting between the two sides, but Furt have the record here. They've won 12 of the 25 meetings. Uh, a win for Furt would guarantee themselves life in the Spider Bundesliga for another season. Eva, do you see Furt winning or at least getting a point, or do you see our upsetting the apple cart? I would actually go with our. Um... Mm, it's really, really hard to look at the very shitty, I'm sorry, Danny, the very shitty performance uh, of food yesterday. Um, they, like, I think they deeply, like, really, really need uh, the summer break. Um, and I think Owl will be, <laughs> once again, will we really want to give their fans something back? They're definitely a part of Twitter Bundesliga next year, and I'm... I'm I have the feeling that they will win this. Um, Elliot, how do, how do you see this one going? I mean, the last two meetings between the two sides, our have won on aggregate seven goals to one. Uh, that's, of course, five of those goals came in, coming the last time the two sides met. And Furt, do, do you see our being res, resounding winners or, or can you see Furt obviously improving defensively because they were quite poor on Monday night? No, I, I see our uh, winning this one. They were buoyed from their survival. I saw that all had T-shirts printed saying that they're in Schweizer League next year, celebrating the best league in the world. Um, and yeah, but I, I'm going to think that they're going to send their home fans away for summer with a kick in their step and a good performance. They've been okay the past few games. And yeah, first were didn't even get a shot on target against Kern. Didn't have anything going forward and I can't really see them troubling our yep it's hard to agree with that sort of analysis because that is the fact uh, last of our games for match day 33 is in Kiel they host Dresden 16th meeting between the two sides and Kiel have absolutely dominated this fixture if you go back to the past 10 Kiel have won 7 of those and in the past 4 Dinamo have failed to score so Elliot's Dresden obviously have a bit of a hoodoo at finding the back of the net against Kiel. Uh, do you see the hosts returning to winning ways after their three-game losing streak? Or do you see Dinamo kept being buoyed from last week's result? Yeah, as you said, Dresden 
poor form in this fixture, whereas Kiel lost the last three, poor form in total. Um, again, I really rate Tim Valter as a manager. Um, I think he's done a really good job at Kiel. And yeah, it, on one hand, it is a bit of a nothing game, but again, with home advantage, I do expect them to get the win here. Um, on paper, they're, they're the better side. They should really be showing why for large parts of the season they were there and thereabouts for the promotion candidates. But yeah, I don't know how you see this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Q. I mean, uh, Dresden's form has been quite patchy. Um, and, and obviously, we, we've, 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 we've spoken a bit today about Kiel's struggling form, but you know, you're going to have what will probably be the last home game for, for, for Kingsley Schindler as he heads off to Köln. Um, they'll want to end the season the right way at home, um, be it that they're not in a position they were last season, but considering the, uh, the change of manager and such, they've had still a really respectable season. Um, I see them taking the three points here. I think Dresden played their final last week and um, might be a bit too, you know, a bit relaxed uh, for, for the liking and I think you will take advantage. Not sure how you see this one either. Uh, do you see the, the visitors breaking the hoodoo or do you see Cure breaking their losing streak? Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, you two. I think it's a Kiel win and um, just for the reason you just said, there's basically nothing for me to add to this. Yeah, we'll leave it at that then. That's uh, we'll leave it for that for the moment. Match day thirty three coming up this Sunday. Exciting times ahead for the league, and we can't wait to see what happens. Then we're going to go to our topic questions. So we also have some comments to release to you for the podcast. Uh, so we'll start with the comments. We've got the Union Berlin Irish Club, the Cork branch. They were asking. They were talking about at this stage. Would it be fair to leave? Köln just to go up on their own. Uh, he's not sure that any other team wants to go up. So this obviously makes residence to the three teams that are vying for the second automatic spot and the promotion push. Um, it would be fair to say that they're probably two to three teams who deserve to go up on, on merits um, either. Would you suggest it's the three that score that's in the position right now, or do you think Haasfeld is warranted of a promotion place? No, I'd say throughout the season, Parabon would be the team who deserve it the most um, because everything they did this past past year, it's it has been incredible. I'm every like nearly every person they signed they they turned out really really good for example Brugger who was a Regionalliga player before and he's been amazing um and I'd probably say that would be the one that deserved it the most um I I actually <laughs> would like it to see how it's about in uh the Zweite Liga one year more because that would be fun with Osnabrück Hanover, Zhang Pauli and all that. That would be really nice. Uh, but yeah, it's it, I, I don't want to I don't want to predict it because it's so difficult. Nobody can really say who's going to get promoted and all that. I'll give the second comment slash question to Elliot. Um, this is from Chris Hills at Chris Hills Matt. Uh, just looking at the table. Uh, has there ever been a team that has gone up 
from second with less points than this season. Second place currently has 54 points with Paderborn and Union. Uh, he still hopes that Union go up. Elliot, you've researched this. Uh, what is, it's based, say, on this millennium, what is the answer? Yeah, I have done some digging. So, go back to 2014-15, Darmstadt came up with 59, which is low, but it still gets even lower than that. Um, if we go back to 2003-2004, the mighty Armenia Bielefeld came. They, they finished second place with 56 points, so just two more than Paderborn have at the moment. Um, and then, yep, the year before that, Mainz came third with 54 and came up, whereas Nuremberg won the league with 61, so similar to what could have achieved at the moment. But yes, it is a surprisingly tight league this year. Um, top five have all beaten each other many times. Uh, but no, it, it's going to be no record, I think. Paderborn should get at least another four points from the remaining two games, so they should beat the Bielefeld 56 total. There you have it. Uh, we do have two topic questions to go through. Uh, we're going to start with Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin 3. Says, Hello, everybody. Crazy spider Bundesliga weekend indeed. What would be better for Haasfeld? Getting promoted whilst keeping Wolf or staying in the spider Bundesliga without Wolf and allowing coach time to build a system. As we've probably seen with Haasfeld, uh, they generally don't let coaches time to, to settle. Uh, for me, even if they were to go up or to stay down, Wolf has got to be out of the picture. They cannot, it's not sustainable. As has been proven, the downturn uh, with the way they're playing has been rapid. Um, we saw it at Stuttgart. It was a bit of a slow burn there, and eventually he lost the dressing room. It almost feels like he's lost the dressing room already. I can't imagine he is the answer going forward. Now, Elliot, what would, out of the two scenarios, uh, what would you think would be best for Haasfeld? Oh, he's, yeah, he's got to go. Um, no, no questions there. Um, yeah, it seems to have fallen out of favour with the fans. Again, his football could work in the Bundesliga. It is, it is a very negative style, trying to not concede rather than outscore and go and be attacking. Um, but no, such a historic and proud club. They deserve, the fans do deserve better. And yeah, I can't see them parting company before the end of the season. But after that 34th match day, I wouldn't be surprised to read that they're part of companies, to be honest. It's, it seems like a dire situation, even if they go up or go down. Um, I think many would say that they would probably go straight down if they went up. Eva, I'm not sure how you see the situation. What, what would you do? What would you kind of think would be the best situation for them? Yeah, it's. I think uh, you both are right. I think Wolf has no future there, although... What Haasfeld needs is consistency, something they're lacking for many, many years now. Um, it's, but also you, you see that Wolf isn't really reaching his team anymore. Um, and as, as you said before in, in the review, it's going to be a yard sale if they're not going up. They have to get, your, get their shit together, I say it that way, all from the beginning. It's going to be it's going to be a really tough year for Haasfeld if they don't manage to win against Paderborn at the weekend. Um, 
and they have to completely reorganize themselves because they were just that that team they had they were built to go up straight away and um maybe that was the problem and yeah that uh but as you said i uh, to come back to the question i don't think that Wolf has a future at highest fall in any way and that will bring us to our last question from ben j at ben jack 94 this is hi guys question for the podcast of the teams definitely staying in the league next season who do you think needs to have the busiest summer transfer window? I think this is a great question, by the way. Certainly one that we probably could go into more detail in the review or even the, at the end of the season in particular. So we'll keep it short for now. Um, Eva, out of the teams who are guaranteed to be in the league next season, who needs to be the busybodies of the league? So I'd go with Erzgebirge Auer first of all. Um, Greuterfeld as well, probably. I have to do something. Uh, yeah, Hasfau definitely. Um, also uh, the other Hamburg side as well. I think St. Pauli has to 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 find some some new people definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think it's quite true that nearly every team will do something, but all of the teams that need it the most, it's definitely our third, maybe St. Pauli. Elliot, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's, I agree with that, but obviously can't predict the transfer window. Um, just a question whether Hamburg can keep hold of their better players, whether Zandhausen can keep hold of Wutud. Uh, yeah, at Bochum, quite a few contracts out end of the year, lots of decisions to be made, but Big things are planned here, so it, it, obviously a lot of it goes in the recruitment and what you can get. But we've seen teams come with, I mean, Paderborn was such a small budget and overachieved, so I wouldn't read into that too much. There we have it. We thank you for your company once again on what felt like an extra long episode of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. Big thanks to Eva and Elliot for joining me on the program once again. We look forward to joining us again next week. And from me, Matthew Carrick, it's goodbye.